You keep repeating the same grace. And here's the thing in the body of Christ. There is no system called no child left behind. We ain't going to just pass you along because you old. You got to stay in that grade till you master it. That's why we have 40-year-old uh, saints still in the second grade. 50-year-old saints, been in church 25 years, still in the first grade. Because you're not going to move to the next grade until you master where you are. We always ask God for more, but we ain't doing right with what we have. My question is, what grade are you in? Manifested Glory Worship Center. Kingdom-focused, kingdom-minded, kingdom-living. This is the Rama Talk Podcast, and you're listening to Pastor Damon C. Johnson, founder and senior pastor of Manifested Glory Worship Center. What a wonderful uh, fifth Sunday, youth Sunday we having so far. Amen. Amen. I love it when our young people are, are active in the service and are active in what we are presenting to God today. Amen. Well, so today, church, I have a sermonette and a sermon. I have both of them. I, I was wrestling with myself because I, I wanted to do a sermon just for the kids, but then I said, wait a minute, most of my sermons everybody can understand, so I don't need to isolate nothing just for them. So what I did was, young people, I, get, I got a sermonette for you that everybody gonna, gonna apply to their life, and I got a sermon for everybody else that everybody gonna apply to their lives, <laughs> all right? So here's my sermonette. Put, put my scripture Proverbs up there real quick for me real quick. Here's the sermonette. So it's going to take me three minutes to do this one. All right? Look what it says in Proverbs 4, 7. It says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. But it says, and in all thy getting, in all your getting, get understanding. All right. So there's three things here. There's, there's, the, there's knowledge. You have to first receive knowledge. And after you receive knowledge, you have to then do this next part. You have to understand it. That's comprehension, right? That after I understand or comprehend it, then I have to use wisdom. Wisdom is the application of the word. So I have to apply it to my life. It don't make sense to hear something if you ain't going to use it. We're wasting our time. If I'm not going to apply the word of God to my life, then, 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 I, then I'm, I'm just wasting my time. But, but, but my sermon that title is, what grade are you in? What grade are you in? Many know for many years I was a teacher. I was in the classroom for many years, and and uh, it always baffled me how you have different stages of people in your classroom, right? So in your classroom you have those students. Now here's the thing: in order for all those students to get to the next level, they have to take a final test. Now you can't get to the next level without the test. You need the test to get to the next level to the next grade. It's a it's a part of the process. People want to skip the test, but you have to do it if you want to go to the next level. So anyway, so, you know, you start your school year. So many of you are, young people have already started school. Some of you may start school tomorrow. And the goal is to get to the next grade. Get to the next level. Okay? So people go to school, and, and there, there are some that will go. Now, here's the thing. You have a final test, but in between that final test, between the time you start and the final test, they have what they call benchmarks. And benchmarks are assessments that you take to gauge where you are and to see if I've mastered those skills where I am and also to let the, the teacher know if there need to be a deeper intervention for you if you don't have not mastered those skills. So it's called benchmarks. You do those throughout the school year, 
right? Now, so if I'm doing everything right on my bitch marks, if I'm, if I'm in class, I'm learning, I'm taking notes, then by the time I get to my final test, I should be prepared. And so a lot of people, they'll do that. They'll go through school, they'll get to their final exams, and they'll pass their final exams, and then they can move on to the next grade. But here's the beautiful thing about doing it the right way. If you do it the right way, you get a break before your next test. It's called summer break. You, you get some time off before your next season starts so you can chill and relax and prepare yourself for the next one, for the next level. But then there are some that will not be ready for their final test. And because they're not ready, when they pass, when they fail their final test, they have to have an extension of their season, an extension of their year, and that's called summer school. And everybody else is relaxing, and everybody else is enjoying their, their rest, and you gotta have a, an addition added onto your season that you just got out of, because you ain't doing right throughout the year. So now you're in summer school, it's hot in summer school. It's uncomfortable in summer school. And all your friends are enjoying that summer, but you're still in your old season. Wow. I'm addressing that real good for you. And here's the problem. Most people fail their final test because they cut too much school. If you didn't know, this is school. See, every Sunday I'm coming, I'm giving you, I'm preparing you for your tests. But you've missed some lessons. You've missed some instruction. And so because you've missed so many lessons, you're not prepared for your test. And you come to me, Pastor, I need help, but you should have been hitting class. Right. Ain't no coach class. <laughs> you got to get it the first time I give it to you. See, when you cut class all the time, you ain't prepared for your next test. And everybody that's your age already moved on. Everybody in your class is on the next level. You still stuck because you cut too many classes. <laughs> I'm going to park in one of y'all spots real soon. <laughs> then you have the next group. Now, 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 here, now, here's the one-off. There is a group. Because they excelled all throughout the year, because, because, because they have done everything right, they was in class, they were on point, all their assignments, they, they, they went above and beyond. Because they went above and beyond, some of them are exempt from their final exam. <laughs> then they go through the test. They just automatically go to the next level. Because they're exempt, because they've proven themselves yes. to have mastered where they are. Yes. But then there's the last group. Okay. They ain't done nothing. <laughs> they ain't come to class. What little they did know, they never applied it. Uh-huh. There's no wisdom. And so because you failed so many classes, you got to repeat the whole grade. Yes. You don't even qualify for summer school. Wow. You failed too many classes. So you just got to repeat the whole grade. So now you got to repeat this whole season. And then you see this cycle. 2014 looked like 13 and 13 looked like 12 because you're still in the same grade. You keep repeating the same grade. And here's the thing in the body of Christ. There is no system called no child left behind. We ain't going to just pass you along because you old. You got to stay in that grade till you master it. That's why we have 40-year-old saints still in the second grade. 50-year-old saints, been in church 25 years, still in the first grade. Because you're not going to move to the next grade until you master where you are. We always ask God for more, but we ain't doing right with what we have. My question is, what grade are you in? What grade should you be in? That's a better question. Y'all quiet. Y'all all right in this Lutheran church? Y'all all right? 
See, this is why I wanted to preach to the kids, but I, I, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it to everybody. I got a whole other sermon I'm about to do in a minute. But I had to give you this one. Get your grades up. Get your grades up. Get, get, get your mind right. That's right, brother. Help me out here. Get your mind right so you can get in the right grade. Because here's the problem. What I don't want to see happen, MGWC, is that we as a class, we're moving on to the next grade. And you still stuck behind, three grades behind. And you watching everybody else be blessed and prosper and experience the favor of God, and you still stuck in second grade. You got to come to class, apply what the teacher's giving you, so you can be prepared for your test, so you can get out this grade. That's all right. All right, that's my sermonette. You ready for the sermon? You ready for the word? Here we go. I got a word for you. If you have your Bible, turn me to the book of Ruth. I could have just kept on. I could have stayed on that. But I got something else we're going to bless your socks off. Trust me. This word right here, this word right here has been resonating in my spirit all week. I was telling Elder John and Sister Kim in my office, I said, let me tell y'all something. If you see me running around at church, because this, is I'm, this, this word is for me. All right? So if you get your blessing, I'm glad for you. But I'm about to get mine right now. We're going to be in the book of Ruth, the second chapter. Ruth chapter 2. And I'm going to read just the first 12 verses. I'm going to read a lot of text because I'm going to set up the context for us. Um, the first 12 verses of uh, Ruth chapter 2. When you get it, please say, I got it. If you're still turning, say, hold up. Oh, amen. Are y'all faking a funk or y'all really in root? You know, you know, people do that in church. They'll be, they'll be in, they'll be in Zachariah. I'm telling them root. They don't, they don't want to keep flipping the page. This is in Zachariah. All wrong. I'll just wait for it to come on the screens. <laughs> yeah, listen, I've been in church my whole life. You ain't fooling me. I know. We're going to be in Ruth, though. If you don't have your Bibles, it will definitely be on the screen. We're going to go from verse 1 down to verse 12. Ruth chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. I'm going to read from the New King James Version, and it reads this way. There was a relative of Naomi, Naomi Naomi's husband. Listen to what it says about him. A man of great wealth from the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. So Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him who, in whom sight I may find favor. And she said to her, go, my daughter. Then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field that belongs to Boaz. She just happened to find her way there. That's going to make sense in a minute. Who was of the family of Elimelech? Now, behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to his reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered to him, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servant, who was in charge of the reapers, Who young woman is this? So the servant, when in charge of the reapers, answered him and said, This is a young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the land, from the country of Moab. And she said, Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and continued from morning until now, um, though she rested a little in the house. Then Boaz said to Ruth, you listen, will you, you will listen, my daughter, will you not? 
Do not go and glean in another's field, nor go from here, but stay close to my young women. Keep your eyes, let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and draw from the water the young men, the young men drew. So she fell on her face and she bowed down to the ground and she said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you shall take notice of me since I am a foreigner? And Boaz answered her and said, it is fully reported, it has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and come to a people to whom you do not know, you have not known before. The Lord repay your work and fully reward by giving you uh, by the Lord of the God of Israel under whom wings you have come under refuge, come for refuge. I'm going to stop right there for now. That's a lot of text, but I'm, I'm, it's going to make sense in a moment. You know, there's many people in our earth church that don't believe in God because they can't see him. However, these same people don't believe in a God that can't see, believe in the forces of God that they, that they can't see either. Now, there's four major forces in, 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 our, in our solar system, in our, in our earth. And one is called the strong force. The next one is called the magnetic force. Then there's one called the weak force. And the fourth and the weakest of all these forces is called the force of gravity. Now, gravity is the weakest force of them all, but it still has power. If you don't believe gravity has power, try to jump out of a window. See how that works out for you. See, gravity, simply put, is what, must, what goes up. Plain and simple. Whatever goes up, will, the gravitational pull will pull it back down to the earth. And so um, this is where we are. And so and gravity is invisible. You can't see it. However, it's powerful. It's all around you, and you don't even know it's there until something happens and you, and you physically can see it. So what, what, I'm, what I'm, I'm trying to make here is that there's forces that God has that he uses are invisible, but it affects your natural life. And there's a fifth force I want to talk about that affects your, uh, your life, the life of a believer anyway, and that's called the force of favor. There's a force called favor that will, that will affect your life. Now let's get to our text. This young woman named Ruth, she experienced this force of favor. And she, let me give you the whole the backdrop of her story. Ruth was a Moabite woman. She was from the land of Moab. And, and so she had a mother-in-law by the name of Naomi. Now, Naomi's struggle was real because Naomi was, uh, she had lost her husband. She had two sons and both of them had died. Ruth was married to one of her sons. And both of them had died. So when, when um, Ruth's husband died, which was Naomi's son, she went back home with her parents. Now, nobody in Naomi's family took care of her. You understand why, why this is important? Because during this time, a woman was taken care by, of, of by a man. You know, if she was a child, she was being taken care of by her father. She got married. She left her father's house, went to her husband's house. Her husband took care of her. If her husband died, then her sons would take care of her. And so Naomi didn't, Naomi didn't have her father. Naomi lost her husband and both of her sons. So nobody was there to take care of her. So here is Ruth. Ruth is saying, this ain't right. Nobody going to take care of her. I'm going to go take care of her. Now, how a woman going to take care of a woman during those times? It was rough. But she, she, she said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to look out for my mother-in-law, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to help her. And so what she did was she created a plan. She said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go into the field and reap. 
after the reapers. So let me explain what happens. During, during this time, the law of Moses dictated that if I had a field, if I owned a field and it's time for me to reap in my field, then I would send out our higher reapers and they would go out to my field to reap my harvest. But the poor people or the people who are less fortunate was allowed to follow the reapers and whatever the reapers left behind, they was able to gather for themselves. That's a sermon within itself. And, 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 and Lord knows, see, see, we don't live in a world like that today. Because if I got a field, ain't nobody getting them out my field but me. That's the type of world we live in. People are greedy. I can have a billion dollars, but I don't want to give you a dollar. But, but during that time, people shared. They shared their resources. You know what? My reapers didn't get it. You can have it. Go in, go and get what you got to get. So that's what, that was Ruth's plan. Ruth's plan was, you know what? I'm going to follow. I'm a, I don't even know where I'm going because I'm from Moab. I'm from Moab. I'm not even from around here. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. I'm going to find a field and I'm going to go in there. I'm going to try to reap behind the reapers so me and my mother-in-law can have something to eat because I got to take care of my mother-in-law. So the first lesson we learned from Ruth is that you got to posture yourself to receive favor. She went out there, see, let me tell you how favor works. Favor don't work when you're sitting on your couch. Favor don't work when you're laying in bed watching the soap operas. It don't work that way. God will favor what you're doing. And so you got to go do something, and God will show you favor, and after you go do something. Let me explain how this works. So if you're looking for a job, you will go fill out a job application, and then God will show you favor because you went and did something. So your application was on the bottom, now it's on the top because of the favor of God. See how that works. You want to start a business, so you got to first start doing something. You got to draw up a plan. You got to organize yourself so that when you go to meet those people, God, they'll say, I don't even know why I'm doing this, but I'm doing it anyway. And they begin to bless because God is showing you favor, but you don't get favor just sitting around chilling. You got to go do something. Ruth had a plan. She said, you know what? And listen, she went looking for favor. She said, I hope I could go to the field and find favor with somebody. So she's out there, and she began to, to, to really uh, go out there and begin to work. Now, here's the problem. Naomi is in a state of depression. She's in a state of depression because she's lost so much. She's lost her husband and both of her sons. So much so, when you read the whole book of Ruth, she changed her name to Myra. And Myra means bitter. She wanted to be known as bitter. But I love the word of God because nobody called her that. Mm. That's a, I, I'm going to preach that in about three weeks when we get in push. You renamed yourself, but ain't nobody going to call you that because that's not what God named you. But right. that, that's something totally different. But anyway, then let me get back to here. So, so, so she was in a state of depression. Here's the thing. It's funny how two people could be in the same boat, but the outlook is different. Because yes. Ruth was at loss too. Ruth lost her husband too, but she said, you know what? I'm not going to let this get to me. I, I, I got to get up from this place. I can't stand my sorrow. I got to get up and make something happen for me and my mother-in-law. We're going to starve. And so what happened was Ruth, the favor pulled her in the right direction. Now, she's not from Moab. She's not from Israel. So she's just out there in the field gleaning, and she just so happened to end up in Boaz's field. See, that wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't just by happen, happenstance. She was the force of favor pulled her into this field. Now, let me tell you the rest of the story because she got pulled in this field. She's gleaming. She, she's working. And then all of it. Now, understand, Moab showed, I mean, uh, uh, Boaz, Moab, Boaz showed up at noon at lunchtime. But the Bible says she's been there since dawn. So for, since 6 o'clock in the morning, she's been there working. Can I give you a sidebar? Let them find you working. 
When the masters show up, please have them find you working. You don't want the master to show up and you just chilling and you, you, I've been waiting on you, master. No, 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 no. When the master show up, you need to be working. You need to be working for the Lord. What, what, and here's the thing, what are you doing for the Lord? So she's out there gleaning. And it just, by chance, Boaz show up. You got to understand Boaz. Now, Boaz is an old man. But he a rich man. Sisters, a rich old man? Rich old man don't need much. He just look, just, just look, look, look fly for me. And I ain't talking about rich like, you know, like a basketball rich. I'm talking about rich like Bill Gates rich. But what's that, that kind of bread? You know what I mean? So you got to understand he don't normally go to the field. He don't have to. He owns the company. Bill Gates don't just show up to the Microsoft plant. He don't have to. He hired people to do that. You got to read the text. Remember the text said he went to the, the, his servant that was in charge of the reapers because he don't have to go to the field. He hired people to go to the field. But just by chance, the day that she needs to glean from his field, he shows up. See how this force of favor works? It starts pulling things together. So he, he shows up to the field and he was like, he asked, his, he asked the guy who worked for him, he said, who's that? <laughs> because it was something different about Ruth. Maybe it was her brown skin. Because she was from Moab. I ain't going to talk about that. Y'all know I can get militant sometimes, but I'm going to leave that alone. Maybe it was her hair. But I think it was something else that was different that, that attracted him to her. She's out there working. You understand, he had reapers in the field, other women in there working. But it was something about her that made her stand out. See, you understand, you know how it is when you hire employees that get paid by the hour. They take two-hour lunch breaks. They take a half-hour break every 15 minutes. I'm on a smoke break. What do you mean you're on a smoke break? You just got off lunch. She, she only, the Bible says she only went in the house for a little while. Six hours she'd been working. See, here, those other workers that was working for, um, for, for Boaz, they were getting paid by the hour. She getting paid by the handful. See, it's, it's a different urgency when, when, when your life depends on this thing and, and you can't got time to play. See, see, she had a whole different mindset and it made her stand out in the crowd. So he asked the guy, he said, who, who, who's that? His servant said, oh, that's, that's, uh, that's Ruth. She's the, the Moabite, you know, the, the Moabitess. Uh, she's here because she's trying to get some food for her mother. Look, look at verse 7 again. Look at verse 7. Put verse 7 on the screen for me. Look what it said. She says, this is what she said to the servant before Boaz got there. She said, please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and she continued from morning until now. Again, from 6 a.m. to about lunchtime. And look, Though she only rested for a little while in the house, she went in the house for about five minutes, got herself together. You understand, it's reaping season in Israel. It's hot. And she been grinding for six hours straight. And so she went there, got herself together, got a little drink of water, probably wiped my, wiped my face off. And she went right back out there in the field. And she's out there, she's working. And so Boaz shows up. Now again, he, got, uh, he probably has all thousands of employees working for him. He, he don't have just one field. Boaz is a wealthy man. He just happened to come to this field where she's reaping 
And Boaz turned to her, put verse eight up there. Look what he says there in verse eight. He says, then Boaz said to Ruth, you, you will listen to me, my daughter, will you not? Do not glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close to my women. You, you, you know what this man is saying? Now he, he had his eye on her too. You read between the lines. But listen to what he told, he said, you ain't gotta go to nobody else's field. I want you to reap from my field. So listen to what she's doing. She's reaping a harvest she didn't sow. He is allowing her to reap a harvest that he sowed. See what favor do for you? You didn't even plan it, but now you're benefiting from it. And he said, listen, not only that, not only are you going to benefit from my field, I don't want you to go to nobody else's field. I want you to only benefit from my field. Because my field is good enough for you. It, 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 it'll hold you down because I, I got it like that. I'm Boaz. And so, so Boaz, he, you know, he, he's trying to let short. Like, look, short, I got money. Ain't no big deal. You know what I'm saying? You, you need something. My field is cool. Just, just going to get, you, know, you don't need nobody else's field because my field is good. He's an old player. You know what I'm saying? Probably having some nugget rings and... You know, them old players do it, you know what I mean? Like Jerome, you know? Chain around his neck, nuggets, herring bone around his neck. Being real smooth. But, but here's the thing. He, 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 he found her working, and it made her stand out in the crowd. He said to her, I want you to stay in my field. But then he also said to her, he said, have I not told the young men to leave you alone? In other words, not only are you going to experience my favor, Ruth, but you're also going to experience my protection. See, Pharaoh will protect you too. And Pharaoh will protect you from yourself sometimes. See, we need help for protecting from ourselves. We, we mess up all, most of the stuff ourselves. And Pharaoh will come in and say, you know what? I'm going to protect you now. Pharaoh in this, in this context was protecting her from the, the other young men that worked for Boaz. See, they probably saw Ruth too was like, yo, what's up with, what's up with Shorty? You know. <laughs> Boaz said, you better not even look at her. And check this out. He, he put, and that, those young men are not going to challenge Boaz. You know what Boaz's name means? Strong or strength. He ain't going to mess with that. that he's an old man. He's still a strong man. And so, so, so he said, check this out. This is what I'm going to do. I want you to glean from my field. I want you to, don't go to nobody else's field. I made sure nobody's going to bother you. But then he said to her, I want you to drink from the water that the young men draw. Oh, y'all yeah, missed. I'm going to say it one more time. I want you to drink, when you get thirsty, Ruth, I want you to drink from the water that the young men draw. Y'all still, still missed it. Okay, let me explain it for you then. Young men don't draw the water. The women drew water. Can I give you another sidebar? Favor will flip it. See, see, favor, favor will flip the script. Understand that he told her Boaz told Ruth, I want you to drink the water the young men will draw for you. So what Favor did, Favor flipped the script. So here's my sidebar. Who you once served will now have to serve you. That's what Favor will do for you. Understand that Favor will flip the script. See, this force of Favor is something deep, y'all. Ruth went there thinking she was just going to go behind the reapers and gather a harvest after them. But now she's found favor in the... Listen, now, here's the thing that messed me up. 
The text said that she went there looking for favor, but she didn't have to look for favor because favor found her. Favor found her, but when favor found her, it found her working. She's out there working. Boaz just happened to show up, something he normally don't do. He happened to show up to his field, and when he shows up to the field, he says, who's that? He said, man, she, she, she out here, she did what? Told her, said, look, when you're thirsty, look, you can stay in my field, stay close to my young women. These brothers around here ain't going to touch you. They ain't going to bother you. And when you get thirsty, tell them to go get you some water. Can you imagine that? Now, you understand, I want you to experience this favor. See, people who you're serving right now, when you get hooked up to this favor, they're going to serve you. Amen. Can I tell you all my story? Um, on, on my job, I, I've been there, I've been there for about, I've been, well, you know, <laughs> I lose track of time, to be honest with you. I guess, I guess about seven years, seven or eight years I've been with, with Bell. Now, when I went to, the, the interview process was intense because I had to go on several interviews. You know how it is now. You got to go before a panel. You got to go with this person, that person. You got to bring all this stuff. So when I went on my interview, two of the people that interviewed me are now working for me. <laughs> That's how it worked. Two of the people that sat down and grilled me. Uh, Mr. Johnson, is there anything else to do for you, sir? <laughs> no, I'm good. Go, y'all, y'all, y'all good. Go ahead. See, see how favor flipped it for me. But you understand why favor flipped it? Not because I'm somebody special, because I'm out there working. And understand favor will when, when you when you are connected to God and God find you working, He'll turn the thing around. So let me tell you what happened with them. So he said he called her to him. So, so, so she had a meeting with somebody she wasn't supposed to sit down with. Y'all, y'all missed it. See, favor will get you meetings you ain't supposed to sit at the table you ain't supposed to sit at. See, favor, favor, will, favor will hook you up to the point where you say, how do I sit at this table with these people? How, how's the CEO, the president calling me to sit down and talk to me? It's because favor. It ain't you, it's favor. Favor got connections. Favor got the hookup. So what Favor did, Favor said, I'm going to hook up this meeting for you, Ruth. I'm going to hook up a meeting with you and Boaz, and, and, and he's he going to holler at you. So in the meeting, he said to her, he said, look, glean from my field. Don't go to my else field. If you get thirsty, let the young men get you some water. But then he went a step further. He said to her, he said, well, uh, um, uh, if, if you need anything, holler at your boy. I got you. Now, I'm going to tell you what messed with her. Verse 10 messed with her. Put verse 10 up there for me. Look what verse 10 said. So she fell down on her face and she bowed down to the ground and, and, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I'm a foreigner? See, this is, this is most of us. You so used to stuff going wrong in your life. When favor show up, you, you, you question in favor. You so used to stuff going wrong in your life. God bless your life. And now you're saying, who, me, God? Where this come from? Who voted for me? It was favor. You, we, see, you see what I'm saying? You so used to stuff going wrong. You, matter of fact, you, you don't even think God going to move. And when God moved, you question it. This is the part that messed me up about, about her because she went to the field looking for favor. And when favor showed up, she said, why? <laughs> I know I'm talking to some of y'all spots right now. 
God is put, listen church, I told you in the beginning of this year, this is our year of rain. I told you that God was going to start pouring down rain on us, and some of you are getting drenched, and you're saying, well, God, I don't like the rain. I need an umbrella. <laughs> it's too much rain. I'm going to catch a cold. Something you asked for, and now God give it to you, and now you're questioning it. She questioned God. She said, God, she said, she said, she said to Boaz, I don't, I don't deserve this. Why, why, why are you doing this for me? And Boaz, he made it very plain. He said, baby girl, God is doing this for you. Amen. God is doing it. You got to read verse 12. God is doing this for you. God, God, matter of fact, he said, under whose wings you have taken refuge. God, God is blessing your life. He's, I'm just the vehicle that God's going to use to bless your life. See, and that's our problem, church. The Bible says that God was to uh, cause men to give unto your bosom. So when God wants to bless your life, sometimes it's going to come through a person, but we're so proud, we want to accept it. God say, God is moving my heart and say, look, you know, sis, I, I know, you, you know you're going through here, 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 a little something. Oh, no, 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 I can't take that. Really? If, let, let, me, let me just put it to you like this, church. If any of you all want to bless somebody they don't want it, holler at your boy. Bring it to me. I will, thank you, Lord. Thank you, whoever you are. God bless you. I learned how to accept the blessings of God in my life. Amen. And you know, I'm going to tell you something. Many years ago, I was that person, proud. No, I don't need your money. I'm good. You know, you give somebody a ride, they want to slide you $20. Oh, no, 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 keep your money. Man, you know you need gas money. Stop tripping. <laughs> you ain't got two nickels, but, you, but you're so proud to take it because you think it's a handout. No, it's God's favor. Yes. That used to be me. I used to be that one. I used to be in church. I, I'll never forget. I was a minister of music for church. And, and me and my wife, we were, we, were, we, were, we were, when I say we were givers in this church, I mean, we outgave probably most of the church. Above and beyond our tithe and offering, okay? And, and God began to just send people. This is no lie. On a regular Sunday, it wasn't nothing. I was just a minister there. I wasn't the pastor. I would, people would just come up to me and hand me money. Oh, no, Doc, I'm good, man. Keep your money. Until one brother said this to me and it messed me up. He said, he said, he said, listen, man, I need you to stop blocking my blessing. I said, please explain, sir. He said, you understand. The Bible says he gives seed to the sower. He said, I'm trying to sow seed so I can get some seed, more seed. He said, and if you don't accept this, then you're blocking me from getting my blessing. I said, well, I bet. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And now I don't have a problem in receiving because I understand that it's a part of my favor plan. So you got to understand, God, you know, you got a full one in your job. God has a favor plan for his people. And in the favor plan, sometimes it's going to come from strange places, from unexpected places. She just went to the field expecting to get enough food for her and her mother-in-law. She did not expect to meet up with the one who owns the field, who's a wealthy old man. She did not expect to get there and, and, and have men draw her water. She didn't expect that and just actually stay there. He told her, stay with my young women. She got a place to stay now if she need to. Rent free. All the food she want. All because of the force of favor. Now, here's the problem with favor though. Favor never operates in profit. So because favor don't operate in profit, you're gonna have your favor haters. So you understand. There's going to be people, you understand, Boaz had other women working in this field. You know, they probably got together and had a meeting. Yep. Yep. Who is this chick coming in here? Yep. 
I've been working for Boaz for 15 years. He ain't never tell me no men draw no water for me. I've been gleaning this man's field for, for 25 years. He ain't never tell me I can get some leftovers from the field. He only paid me as my paycheck. Who is this woman? Now, here's the problem with favor. She, she's only the recipient of it. And most people who, who got a beef with the favor, they don't go to the master. They go to the one who's receiving it. I tell you all the time, if you got a beef with my favor, you got to go to God. Take your beef. I, I'm just a recipient of it. And here's the time. Most of the time when they come in their beef, I agree with them. You're right. I don't deserve it. You're right. I just got here. You've been here 15 years. I, I agree. But here's the thing. Favor ain't fair. It ain't fair. So, so I agree with you. You're right. I'm on your side. But since I'm getting this favor, move out my way so I can get mine. <laughs> I got to get this favor that, that God has for me. But, 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 but Boaz took it a step further. Boaz took it a step further. He said to her, come on in here, get a piece of bread and dip it. But put it up there for me. I think it's verse 15. So 15. Okay, no, no, no. Go, go, go to the next verse, 16. 14, 14, I'm sorry, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all, put 14 up there for me then. Well, wait, 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 look, why they look, why they getting it for me? Check this out, this, this is what he told her. He said, go get some bread and dip the bread in the vinegar and go and eat some of this thing. Now, let me tell you why that messed me up. Hey, there it is. Look what it says. And Boaz said to her, at mealtime, now they put it in King James, but that's fine. Come down hither and eat of the bread and dip the morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers. Why is this a, why is this a controversy, Pastor? She ain't Hebrew. Hebrews don't sit at the table with non-Hebrews. The, now listen, you understand that their culture was they had to be hospitable to anybody that came there. So they would give you something to eat, but you can't sit at my table and eat because you're not, you're not clean. You have not been sanctified, so you, you can't sit here. She's sitting at the table right next to him. Eating that, listen, eating that Boaz table. Not just any table, his table. Now that, that's just something else God would do. See, he'll, he'll make you eat at tables you ain't supposed to eat at. And here's the thing, here's the thing about being, see, here's the thing about this. All these people are sitting at this other table, these other people are like, mm-hmm. What'd she do for him? You know, that's how people think. Mm-hmm. How all of a sudden she just get here and all of a sudden she getting all this stuff. And then how all of a sudden she, she getting all this stuff and she just, do, all she was doing was working. She ain't do nothing extra. She ain't, she ain't, she ain't slap her little robe, show no leg, none of that. You know, that's what people think of. That's how people think about you sometimes. When God would get a favor, they think that you, you did something extra to get it. This is a favor of God. Amen. I ain't got to rob, still cheat. It's just a favor of God that's in my life. Amen. But here's the thing about favor. Again, like I said earlier, favor never comes in private. When favor comes, it's going to come in front of everybody. So everybody's going to see that you're a favorite. You know, you know how I know that? When you read Psalm 23, what did David say? He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou with me. He says, he says, I knit on my head. You know, but here's the part I want to get to. He says, and um, thou hast prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies. So that means that while my, God has prepared a table for me, 
in front of my enemies and they got to watch me eat. And understand what he said. He said, a table, not a, he didn't, God didn't make you a plate. See, it's one thing for him to make you a place. They go eat from this place. You just sitting there eating your plate. No, you got a whole table to eat from, church. He's prepared a table for you in the presence of your enemies. So your enemies got to sit there and watch you. All those other reapers got to sit there and watch her dip up in the trees. Excuse me. <laughs> and, oh, and by the way, which, 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 which one of these bids is mine? Oh, the nice one. Okay, I'll take the king size bid. I'll, I'll take this one. And they're trying to figure out how this all happened. It was the force of favor. The force of favor. See, so, so, so let, me, let me show you what this did. Come here, Ruth. Ruth had a right heart. She said, you know what? My mother-in-law is struggling. She went, after her husband died, she went back home. She went her family and her hometown in Moab doing her thing. She got wind and her mother-in-law is, nobody's trying to help her. She said, you know what? Ain't nobody gonna help her. I'm gonna go help her. She went and she went to her mother. She said, listen, I got a plan. She, her plan was, I'm going to go reap in somebody's heart, in somebody's field. She went to the field, and the force of favor pulled her in the right field. She don't know where she's going. She's from Moab. The fo- pu- pulled her, the force of favor pulled her into Moab's field. And then all of a sudden, the force of favor said, now this guy is in Bethlehem, minding his business. You know, I think I need to go check on my fields. All of a sudden. Pulled, the force of favor pulled him <laughs> into his field. Now you understand, this is his field. He has probably hundreds of workers gleaning in the field. There's probably several poor people behind the gleaners gleaning in his field. But then he says to his servant, who that? <laughs> so, so look how the force of favor did. It pulled her to the right field, pulled the right person to the right field, and then it, here's the thing I want to point out too. It was what's made her stand out in the crowd. It was her work. Amen. But question you, what's making you stand out in the crowd? See, if you're just another number in the crowd, it may take a while for favor to get to you. Because the favor is going to grab to the ones who are working. She working so hard, he, she got noticed by the one who owned the field. Then all of a sudden, the Lord just started dealing with them. Said, so, you know what? This girl out here trying to do the right thing. Check this out. Don't worry about going nowhere else. Stay in this field. Get all you need to get. Matter of fact, stay here. I'm going to make sure they set you up a bed here. As long as you need to glean from my field. The, sow, the seeds I sown, you're going to reap from my sowing. So don't, don't worry. You don't need to sow no seed. You just reap. Y- y'all missed it. Y'all get it when you get, by the time you get home. Got, she, she's reaping. He said, matter of fact, if you get thirsty, well, I'll get these, these good guys over here to get you some water. Matter of fact, when y'all go get us some water, you better not say nothing to her. Leave her alone. Back in his mind, he's like, I'm going to holler at her. As a matter of fact, You've been working so hard, if you're hungry, I, and you know it's our custom to feed you, but you ain't gotta go eat out there in the field. Come sit at my table. Dip your bread in my vinegar. That's right, Boaz, look at him, man. <laughs> so she, she's like, who me? Why me, Boaz? Why, why, why do you select me to, to show all this favor to? 
Yeah, he it, look, 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 like a like a real like a real preacher, like a real man. Well, it was the Lord that moved with my heart. And the Lord is really moving in my life, and He's speaking to me even as we're speaking now. And the Lord told me to do this for you. You know, women like men in church, you know. Men are gonna speak the word. That, that's attractive for women. So he starts spitting that. She's like, ooh, he got money. A little, little, little salt and pepper going. And he know the word. Lord help. Keep his robe fresh. You know what I'm saying? Ruth feeling him. But she gotta be, she gotta be respectful though, you know, because she's she's reaping from his harvest and all, and all that. But 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 look, look what the force of favor did, church. Even in the midst of, it, it was almost, you know, you ever see those movies where there's a lot of people around, but then it's isolated with these two people. Like nobody else is around, just the two of them. And that's what full favor would do. It would get you an audience with people that you ain't supposed to have an audience with. It will, it will sit you at tables you're not supposed to sit at. Favor, will, favor will, will, will make sure that doors open for you that ain't supposed to open for you. Not even now, at least not in this season. But it opened up for Ruth. And Ruth is now experiencing the force of favor all because she decided to work. Now, I'm going to close this thing out. I'm about to get y'all out of here. Put up, put up there uh, verse 17. Look what it says here. So she gleaned in the field until evening and beat out what she had gleaned. Because you know they all came, so they had to beat out the, the seeds so they can, okay? And listen, it was about an ephod of barley. You have to understand what that means. In one day, she collected enough seed. This is the same if you keep reading the Old Testament, this is the same sacrifice that David offered to God as a grain offering. An ephod is over a bushel that she was able to collect. Listen, but I, I, I skipped over some stuff. Can, can I go back and I rewind the table a little bit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boaz, after she got something to eat, this is what he did. He told, his, he told his reapers, he said, when she go back out there to work, break off whole chunks of stuff and drop it at her feet. Come on, come on, put it up there for me. Verse 15 and 16, I think it is. And, and she went and she rose and she gleaned in Boaz's field and the young man said, Let, uh, okay, go, go to 16. Look, here you go. Also let grain from the, from the, look what it says, fall purposely for her. And, and look what it says, leave it that she may glean and do not rebuke her. You know what that means? He said, when y'all going and y'all getting my stuff, drop off whole chunks and just drop it at her feet and let her pick that up for her. And then, and you better not, listen, and you better not send them about it. And you better not ask her for none either. It's for her. Hey, y'all, y'all missed it. That went right over here. Whoop. Whole chunks. Right at your feet. Right at your feet. This for you. I know, I know it's mine, and I know I'm supposed to be benefiting from this, but I'm gonna let you benefit from what I've sown. Whole chunks. Can you imagine what she's saying? They left all this with it? Can you imagine her? She, she thinks she's gonna be getting scraps, and now she's getting the whole bushel. She's getting the whole bundle. She thought she's gonna be picking up scraps, but now she's getting up the, she's getting just as much as they getting. Can you imagine what she was saying? She's like, I can't believe, they, they some bad reapers. They left this? How in the world they leave this big piece? But she don't know that Favor had did that for her. Favor said, break off whole chunks. Just lay it at her feet. 
And that's, that's what faith will do. Understand, faith will bring things to your feet, to lay it right at your feet that you didn't even work for. You're just picking it up. You ain't sow it. You ain't, you ain't water it. You're just, you just reaping it. You're just reaping it. Put in her basket. So much so, just in one day, y'all, she got a whole ephod for the whole bushel full of grain. You understand? A bushel full of grain is a whole lot of grain. Because they had to beat out and just only take the seed, only take what was So it's not, it's like eating a crab. You got this whole big thing and you only get this much meat. So in order to make a, 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 a pound of crab meat, you probably got to go through like six or seven crabs. So imagine that for her, a whole bushel full. She walked out there with a sack. Thanks, Boaz. <laughs> no problem, baby. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> and you can come back and get more. All from his field. So, so, so church, listen, here's a couple lessons for us. When the master show up, let him find you working. Make, make sure he find you working. Make sure your work is strong that's going to make you stand out in the crowd. Make sure that, that, he, that you get recognized as soon as he show up on the scene. Who's that? Yeah. Pastor, who's that? Oh, that's, that's, that's so-and-so. They, man, I, yeah, that's, that's the one I'm going to get my favorite to right now. Now, here's the problem. Everybody else is going to be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Just let them know, look, baby girl, I, I know I don't deserve, but favor ain't fair, but let me go get mine. You got to get yours later, okay? And, and here's the thing, church. Can I give you a lesson real quick about what the season we're in? And I think I told you this before. When, 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 you go, when, when, when you go to school, and let's say you're in the seventh grade, the seventh grades all eat together. It's everybody lunch break. So the bell rings, we all go to lunch. So it's all of our time. But they only call one class at a time to go in the lunch line. Even though it's all our time, we gotta wait our turn. So don't get mad when it's Ruth's turn. But here's the thing about Ruth. When you're in school, most of the time, the table to get called first are the ones who are doing the right things. So if you're sitting at the wrong table, that ain't, that ain't her fault. I'm gonna call the table who's the most quiet. I'm gonna call the table that's, that's on task, that's doing the right thing. Come on, your table's up here. So they up there getting their lunch, and you sit there, mm-hmm. What did they do to get called first? I'm just doing the right thing. But you gotta understand, it's all about time. It's our season, church. Sometimes you got to wait your turn. Amen. But it's all right, because your table will get called next. And you better sit down and get with Ruth's getting now. So don't hate on, don't hate on nobody, your brother or sister, because they're getting their harvest, because favor's on them. You're going to get yours too. In the meanwhile, what you doing? Are you working? Are you sowing? Are you, are you giving? Are you displaying the fruit of the Spirit? If you're not, then you might have to go on the next lunch break. Oh, you might even experience it. Sometimes you may have detention, so you don't even get a chance to get up there. You got to eat in another room. Because you ain't doing right. And you don't play nice with the rest of the... So sometimes you got you to gotta eat in isolation. But you're still eating, so... Because you, you know why? Because you're still a part of our group. So, 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 so let me close this thing out. So she got a whole... Ephod of, of grain. Now let me fast forward this story. Because I'm going to preach on this in about three weeks. I'm going to go deep into their story in about three weeks. It's going to mess you up. I'm going to go out of chapter four in a couple of weeks. But let me just give you the, the, the quick synopsis of this story. So they end up getting together. 
this old man, this old wealthy man, and this, this, and this young Moabitess. They end up getting together. They end up getting married. And he had a son. His name was Obed. But Obed had a son named Jesse. And Jesse had a son named David. Keep going through the line of David, you end up at Jesus. Because the Bible says he's the, Jesus is the root and the offspring of David. So, what did the force of favor do? Got her in the right field at the right time, hooked up the right person, and eventually they end up. Now, listen, you understand, he's an old man, but he still got a little bit of strength because they made a baby. <laughs> and guess what? She inherits everything that he had. She just went to his field trying to get a couple pieces of grain. Now, she, now she's wealthy. This is what favor did to her. And now she's the, the, the great-grandma. The great Obed, Jesse. Yeah, the great-grandma <laughs> of King David. So what she didn't realize, there was kings inside of her. And so God had to see a part of her destiny was to get her hooked up with somebody who's going to produce those kings. And so, and so that's what favor will do. Favor will, you don't know what's inside you, church. So favor will pull you in place. You're like, I don't even know why I'm going over here. How I end up at MGWC? How I end up at this church? Favor pulls you here. And now you're linking up with people that's going to get you to your destiny. You're linking up with people that's going to help you get to where you're supposed to be. And so you can birth in the earth what you're supposed to birth in the earth. The force of favor. The force of favor. Come on and stand on your feet. I'm done. Thank you for listening to the Rhema Talk Podcast. To hear this sermon again or get caught up with past sermons, you can download the Mixcloud app and search Manifest Glory. Or you can search for MGWC's Rhema Talk Podcast in the iTunes store on your iPhone or iPad. Also, don't forget to like MGWC on Facebook and go to MGWC.net to get caught up on all the latest church announcements. Thank you for listening to the Rhema Talk Podcast. And we hope you will join us next time.